Welcome to Into the Fire. I'm Duncan. And I'm Kate. And we're here to talk about life. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So come join the conversation. Well, welcome everyone to Into the Fire. It's my great honour and pleasure to introduce um, Stu and Lindley Allen from Auckland, New Zealand. You are so welcome, both of you. Thank you, Kate. Yeah, it's just so great to be be with you and um, been able to share on this podcast again. Oh, it's so good to have you. And Stu and Lindley, um, we have walked a journey with you for 21 years. You are now the founders and leaders of Catch the Fire Church in Auckland. And you are also sphere leaders in our Oceana sphere, which is down under that kind of the world, Australia, New Zealand, some of the islands. And, um, you know, God is on the move and we're so excited to be able to talk to you today about what God's doing through your local church and the Transformation Center. Oh, it's great to be with you, Kate, and uh, you know, it'll be a wonderful opportunity just to share our story and and what God's doing. So we are really looking forward to just spending some time with you and chatting and and seeing what God brings out of us all. Exactly, and you know, sometimes when people see us as as leaders, they don't always know our story, and I just love to find out the details and to share those details so that people can appreciate that many of the things we're doing now is is often the outworking of many years of what God has been doing in our hearts over the years. And I would love for you to share briefly your story of how and why you came to Toronto, because I think our <laughs> listeners would love to hear that. Yeah, so, um, I mean, we were experiencing the renewal here in New Zealand and uh, the church that we were a part of at the time uh, had an outpouring of the Holy Spirit which captivated our hearts completely and we knew that this was what we were born to born for really to be you know immersed in the Holy Spirit and to minister out of that place and um, that really took us on a journey of seeking the Lord for a direction for our lives and um, you know I think I I shared the journey of our infertility on our previous podcast with you mm. going back a couple of years. Um, but that was a catalyst for us to seek um, the Lord for a direction. And, and we found the, the um, online that the School of Ministry existed and that, that it was a ministry of, of Catch the Fire Toronto um, based in the renewal there. And so we applied and got accepted and, and came because we were seeking, uh, seeking the Lord for more for our, our lives personally, um, but also we just were so drawn by the values of what was uh, Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship back then, <laughs> that time, uh, now rebranded as Capture Fire. And so um, we we were wanting them more, um, but we also knew that, that, that the transformation was part of the school. So when we were re reading up about it, I... We were looking at going, oh, we're going to do a, quite a, a number of weeks on healing the heart. And that kind of really drew us, didn't it, Stu? Yeah, well, our, our transformation journey really started before we came to Toronto. Uh, we were doing um, 
you know, the Lord was working on our hearts. And I think that's something that the, that God does. He begins to prepare our hearts for what's coming mm-hmm. in front of us. And so he, we had done some counseling courses and mm. we had um, begun the journey. And one of the major things that attracted us to the School of Ministry was its label, School of the Heart. Mm. So when we arrived in, in Toronto, um, I remember our very first week was there. Peter Jackson came down the the line at the front introducing yourself, started praying for people. He laid his hands on my shoulder and just said, words to the effect of, Father, just come and minister to all of the unfathered areas in this man's life. And I just, this is week one of the school, and I just fell over on the floor (laughs) and just started weeping. And it felt like that was the beginning of five months of weeping. But (laughs) there's something about the, the, the anointing that flows from Catch the Fire that is from John and Carol, who they have such a high value on this transformational message mm. that actually flows through the movement. And mm. I see it time and time again, just sort of quickly digressing with people coming into Catch the Fire Auckland as a church mm. that has, we have such a high value on transformation. People testify that I've just come into this church and I've sat in the worship and, and God started doing things. Mm. And they haven't been ministered to. Beautiful. They haven't been prayed for. It's just the anointing that's flowing through the movement. And uh, so, and that, I love that about Catch the Fire, that we have this value, you know, we're, we're presence encounter transformation. Mm. And, yes. you know, and, and the transformation of ourselves first before we transform others. And so, you know, John talks about the three journeys, which is yeah pretty amazing but i think um our journey has really been into that uh coming in through the toronto coming into that anointing and seeing it flow through us that's so good isn't it and you know for our listeners that don't necessarily know both john and carolina they had experienced broken first marriages and they'd been through their own journey of trials in that area and had called on the Lord, and not only were they saved, and and the Lord brought them together, and they they've been married now for thirty odd years, and um, but because they knew firsthand how how to navigate life, and and they experienced their own trauma, they have been mm. really sort of cognizant that most people have got a past, most people have yeah. got a history. We all long for more of God. We're hungry for him. But what happens is that our woundedness and our brokenness can trip us up. And, you know, Duncan and I as leaders, we came to Toronto in a broken place and we experienced a culture and a foundational value that kind of ran across the board, but really was modeled, as you said, by John and Carol, that there was acceptance and love and a place where you felt safe enough to begin to unravel some of this brokenness that had been tripping us up and and some of those orphan tendencies where we felt very vulnerable in our heart to even expose our lives. So yeah, what I love about yeah. Oh, sorry. Go for it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know what I love about what you just did there is that um, you know the the being safe enough 
yes. to address and, and bring these things to the light and not hide them anymore. And I think that's what I love about um, Catch a Fire having a value on transformation. You can't have a value on transformation and have performance orientation mm. because those two don't coexist very well. Performance says that you, you have to, um, everything has to be, you know, looking good and sounding yes. good and, you know, it's on good behavior and what, you know, where the vulnerability needed in order to say I'm not okay yes. in, in this area. Yes. The, the, the vulnerability and transparency only happens in a place where people already know that they're safe. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, what we've realized is that, uh, you know, you just deal with the performance in your culture Mm. Um, and that and and breathe the father's love into that 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 you are accepted and loved for who you are um just because you're a human being mm. just because you are a child of god you see people through the lens mm -hmm. of value um and and you start to bring that into your church culture that performance orientation just you know disintegrates yeah. and in that place people can go look you know, I've got an anger problem or, you know, I, mm -hmm. I react to rejection all the time or, you know, um, I've got these terrible thoughts going on inside of my head. And because they know that they're valued, that creates that safe place mm. for people to go. I can not be okay and still belong. Oh, that's so good. And I think it's about, it's a, just as a practical thing for church leaders listening to this podcast, we need, we, we have begun to celebrate people coming forward and opening up. And so, you know, I've sat mm -hmm. through many, many church meetings where there's been a call that's been around a heart issue. You know, we want people to be, but then there's a commentary that comes, there's no shame here. Um, you know, we, we're not judging each other, that kind of thing. And I mm -hmm. think if we can say, actually, what we celebrate is people owning up to their stuff. We celebrate, you've come forward and and want prayer for your anger or your lust or your, you know, your marriage issues aren't doing well. But you know, let's celebrate the fact that you're owning that there's something not right. Yes. And celebrate that you're actually wanting the Holy Spirit to work on your life and call you want to cooperate with the sanctifying work of the yes. Spirit. Let's celebrate that and um and actually create more of a culture of openness and transparency that, mm. that's celebrated and mm. the hiddenness and the hiding. And that, that's the thing that we actually don't want. And so I think it's really good as leaders when you're talking with people just to continue to have a conversation that celebrates transparency, that celebrates mm. vulnerability and celebrates openness and humility. And that helps create that safe place where people can come and go, actually, I'm not doing so great. Can you help? That's so good. And, you know, when I think back to 21 years ago, when we joined the team in Toronto, you were on the staff team and the pastoral team um, leading the school of ministry yourself for a season. And I remember feeling all this performance and it wasn't like people were causing me to perform. It was my internal measurement of the situation, the environment. I'm, I'm around all these anointed people and who am I? They're going to know I'm a, a fraud, you know, why am I even here? I'm not qualified. I don't feel worthy. And I realized that that was the the beginning of the admission <laughs> of realizing, oh, they're creating a culture here where 
I don't have to have it all together. I can admit that I've got problems and go through the experience of embracing that new culture because, you know, often you don't find that all the time. So that now you're saying, as a church leader, you've been able to replicate that safety in your own culture. Like, how easy was that for you to do? Like, what what would you say were the keys for you to be able to create a culture in your own church in Auckland, New Zealand, so far away from Toronto, but yet had a very similar value to all that John and Carol had imparted to us? I think you have to go through it. You have to, yeah. you have to, you have to first, our journey really was that we first of all submitted ourselves from, to, to counsellors and prime ministers and leaders and, um, you know, and on multiple levels. Um, and we just dived into the value and allowed the Holy Spirit to do it to us first. And I, I think that, um, and I, we say this to our congregation, and, but I'm not sure that Lily and I would still be married 32 years later mm. if we had not embraced healing of the heart 20 odd years ago. Wow. You know, there, there was such a, you know, there was, I think every marriage and every relationship has a level of dysfunction that's around it. And, but this allowing the, the Holy Spirit to work on our hearts and the sanctifying work of the Spirit actually has saved us. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we're actually happier people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> enjoying life yes. a whole lot more because you're not having to um hold yourself together all the time you're not spending energy mm. uh, in, in your internal world just holding it all together or in your mind just batting thoughts away all the time wow um you know that i think that overall we're happier so when yeah. when we plan a catch by auckland we knew that this was going to be a um, core value of what we plant for two reasons. Number one, this has now become a value of ours. Yeah. We've experienced the benefits of transformation and the fruit of transformation. Mm. But also, you know, we also want to um, create a place in New Zealand that we can minister to the body, not mm -hmm. just to our body. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, we say from the front um, the value. We de de describe our testimonies from mm. the front. We and we specifically put on training courses or um, places of experience for people to receive ministry. Um, and I think because we had it as a high value, it attracted people who were called to the transformation ministry. Yeah, and I th yeah, you know, the Lord's done it to us, and now we share our stories. So as part of you know shaping that culture, you know they can we can talk about how Stuart and Lindley had these issues that the Lord's worked on, mm -hmm. and they've come through. We've come through, and now our life looks like this, and it did look like that, and that inspires people. It actually mm. creates helps create that safety, and uh, it's so the the way of creating culture is leaders go through it, then tell your story. Mm. Um, and, you know, the other part of that is that we have become convinced that an unhealed heart leads to unfulfilled destiny. Wow, so true. And, uh, 
and I, I draw on the story of Moses and the story of Saul um, as references for that. Because if you read First Samuel 15, um, it's a the passage of scripture that talks about how Saul lost the kingdom. Mm. And but it pulls out of there that really all of Saul's issues rose out of the fact that he was insecure. He saw himself as small. Mm. And so that led to fear of man, which led to disobedience and the loss of the kingdom. So Saul's insecurity led to him not fulfilling his ultimate purpose. I don't think God really intended him that to happen. Yeah. But that's how it played out. And then with Moses, you know, God's plan A for Moses was you go and speak to my people. You go mm-hmm. and speak to Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, because Moses was, again, insecure, he said, no, no, I can't speak. And so he ended up with Aaron. Um, but then the second time that the, he wanted to bring forth water from the rock, God said, speak to the rock, not strike the rock. And I think that was a, an element of God's redemptive plan. Mm. Okay, Moses, you were always supposed to speak. Yes. <laughs> so let's. Let's see if you can speak. Um, and Moses didn't, right? And he struck the rock again. He fell yeah. back on what he knew. And that was the catalyst for him not entering into the promised land, which was his purpose and destiny. So I, you know, as Catch the Fire as a movement, we want to raise up leaders that are anointed, that can flow in the power of the spirit, that have healed hearts and flow in the Father's love. And, you know, a, a key component of raising leaders and seeing people fulfill all that they want to be. Mm-hmm is to allow the issues of your heart to be dealt with. And in particular, the insecurities that you talked about just before, mm-hmm. you know, and the performance stuff and that we've all dealt with mm. and, and that kind of thing, because that will trip you up. Yes. And, you know, when we look across the body of Christ and see all the train wrecks in ministry. Yes. You know, the number, uh, it's like so many of those, if not all of them, actually go back to an area of their hearts that were unhealed. Yeah. And so... We don't want that for people. No, so true. And um, I love what you said about unhealed hearts leads to unfulfilled destinies. And therefore, Mm. healed hearts lead to fulfilled destinies. And I always... I always see it like a, a river, you know, if if you've got blockages, rocks and boulders in this little river, this stream, and if you don't take them out, the flow of the stream or the water is restricted. And I like in healing the correlation that the more we allow God to remove the rocks from our heart, from our lives, the greater the flow of his spirit and the river of his spirit can flow in our lives. And so that makes it appealing to me because so often we cry out for more of the Holy Spirit. And he (laughs) says, well, if you want more of me, would you just let me come and deal with this area of your heart? And so often we think it's one or the other, but I think the more I'm realizing, the more I go on, I realize that those two dynamics have to run in parallel with one another. And I think just unpacking that to people so that they understand helps people see the benefits of that fulfillment of their destiny. Such such a good point, Kate. You know, and I love the metaphor of the river and the rocks. And uh, because the thing, the transformation journey does deal with um, wounds of the soul and strongholds of the mind. Mm -hmm. 
And so they they are these big roadblocks, aren't they? Yes. They are these big um, dams in uh-huh. our life where, um, you know, we we maybe we we have amazing prophetic words that are, you know, beyond what we could hope or imagine mm-hmm. and could imagine. Um, we have these promises given to us. Yet how many actually, how many um, of us fulfill their full potential in God? Um, and I, I'm with you on this and I completely agree that those issues of the heart, insecurity, um, wounds of rejection, fear, mm. uh, strongholds of the mind um, need to be renewed in order to uh, believe that we are worthy of the call that has been put before mm. us. And I think a lot of people don't step into the fullness of their call because deep down, in them in their inner man there are beliefs or assumptions or mindsets that are really ca- holding people captive mm-hmm. in a place of um insecurity and fear and i think that you know it's it's the transforming work of the holy spirit and the love of god mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. puts a mirror in front of us that shows us who we really are not who we think we are Mm, that's good yes (laughs) yeah or who we want to become (laughs) who we we want to become yeah so powerful and you know so often it's it's the kind of thing that you don't really always want to talk about because we find it hard often Mm. to admit our weaknesses you know, as leaders, mm. we often feel like we've got to be all together. We've got to have the word of the Lord all the time. There's, mm. you know, there's a pressure that we sometimes put on ourselves. Let's face it. We we feel it. We see it. We maybe compare ourselves and feel like, oh, we're not worthy unless we can produce and yeah, it's yeah. at that point that you realize, okay, I am struggling with my identity as an orphan, but also I'm believing whole stack of lies and succumbing to a whole ton of fear of man. And what am I going to do about this now? I think yeah. we, we can be affronted by what we know so much about our weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah, I find that um, the journey of leadership has been one of the most confronting journeys Mm. of self that Mm. I've ever embarked upon. Mm. And I think as leaders, you find yourself on the edge of your limitations in your humanity um, all of the time. Mm. And it's all of those issues, right, that that crop up. And uh, But if we can cultivate a, a sense of dependence on the Holy Spirit, and understanding that the, the way God works is that there's always a gap mm-hmm. between where we are and our gifting and our anointing and our humanity and our experience and, and where the kingdom demand of us as leaders is. Mm-hmm. And that gap is what A, allows us to grow, but also that the Holy Spirit fills and, empower, and empowers us. And coming to a place of Deep humility, vulnerability, and uh, mm. and transparency around our own humanity 
mm. opens us up to the Holy Spirit saying, great, you've come to the end of yourself. Now I can begin. Mm. And I think that's a, that's a, um, a key component, I think, of the healing of the heart journey. And, you know, I just want to pick up a little bit you, on the end, previous kind of comment you said, people want more of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And I found this quite, you know, that was me. I desperately wanted more of the Holy Spirit. And, but I think all of these issues around our hearts harden us. And so, yeah, we want a greater flow of the anointing, um, but we actually have hardness of heart. Mm. And it's the, the transformation journey is a, in large part about softening, which actually is a place of mm. humility and vulnerability. Um, but that does, as you, I've noticed in my life and the lives of lots of people, that as you engage in the process of allowing the Holy Spirit mm. to soften your heart and those issues of life to be healed, there comes a greater flow of the anointing mm. or with or greater awareness of the flow of the anointing. So I think wow. God always flows, right? But your own personal awareness of flowing through you does increase. At least that's my experience. Yeah, that's good. I like mm. that. Yeah. So fast forward a little bit then. So, you know, mm -hmm. this is your culture as leaders, as people, and therefore the church that you have birthed and established, a wonderful Catch the Fire church in Auckland, New Zealand. And we're longing to be back with you and we're praying that we can make it soon. Um, you know, how did God begin to stir you to create a transformation center because this is just an amazing idea from the Holy Spirit that he gave you. But I'd mm. love for you to share because I think it's got so much value for, for many of us to hear and uh, and for maybe some of our churches themselves to think, wow, I, I'd like to go this way. You know, we um, there's there's a couple of important points around this birthing the birthing of the Camp Transformation Centre. Um, I received it as a sort of like the blueprint of it as a as a download from the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. about a year before we planted Catch the Fire Auckland. So it was birthed in this in our in our in my spirit, and I shared it with Stuart um, <clears throat> as something that we knew. God wanted us to create. Um, and then, of course, we planted Catch the Fire and, and that the Transformation Centre was just parked as a vision that would one day be um, mm -hmm. part of the church. Uh, and I just, I, love, I mean, I think things need to be integrated into the local church. Uh, I have a high value on the local church. And so once we got our church to sort of teenagehood and standing on its own mm -hmm. two feet and and, and you're um, celebrating you know, that the church survived yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right we got through the first few years and um we in my spirit i just i just felt okay now was the time mm -hmm. and so we i started to share the vision of of the transformation center which sparked in the hearts of some of our congregational members and so um, the Holy Spirit really blew on this idea, this because it was really his idea. And we began to see um, the congregational members um, putting their hands up to be trained in prayer ministry models. And so over a period of time, um, people also gathered uh, to us 
that were already trained in some models. So mm. what we created was this, this culture that attracted the people that we mm. needed in order mm. to run the transformation center. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So, so there's two things. People came to be part of it, but also people were raised up within the local church. Mm. And so we started with what was in our hand. Mm. So we shared the vision and then we birthed it with what was in our hand. And we didn't despise the day of small beginnings, but we celebrated what we had um, within. And so we we started it with uh, running um, Sozos first, because that's that's basically who uh, we had within within our hand at the time mm-hmm. was people who were trained in Sozo. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. I think there was um, for church leaders that are listening. To this podcast, some, one of my observations was that there are there were lots and lots of trained people in different peer models, mm. and uh, but they had no platform or place to minister from. Yes, and so at what part of our vision for the transformation center was that it would be a place of training and equipping, but also a place of activation for people. Mm. So the flow is come in, get trained, get equipped, and then become part of the team that now ministers. Mm. And so. Uh, so we had, I don't know how many people we talked to that had done training, and it's like, okay, so what? Are you, how are you, how's that? How's that training playing out? Well, I don't, I don't really use it, or my church doesn't embrace it, or mm. there's there's no avenue. So I th- one of the success strategies of the transformation center has been that not only trains, but it also is a place of activation mm, for people, an and opportunity, based mm. to minister from. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So we we yeah we then. Um, just launched um, online, started promoting, and uh, four years down the track now, uh, we minister, our team ministers to people all over the world. Hmm. Um, we have quite a lot from the United States uh, that, that come in on Zoom and are ministered via Zoom, and that's what the pan- one of the silver linings of oh. this pandemic is that it has exploded our um, mindset and broken down the walls of our fixed mindset around you have to be in the room with someone to minister to them. And so our team, bless their little hearts, have really grown through the pandemic time and uh, and now realising the Holy Spirit is uh-huh. everywhere. Yay! Um, Including here. So, <laughs> yeah, which is just, which is beautiful. And so as we went along, I, I just kept sort of saying, okay, what's the next modality that mm-hmm. we want to focus on? Um, and so we now have a, a suite of, of options for people. But the joy of our hearts is that our team gets keeps growing because people are finding places to activate their ministry. Oh, And wow. it's mobilizing the body. And that's one of the core values mm. of Stu and myself is that you don't just want to train up a whole lot of people. You actually want to um, release them, you know, kick, yeah. Yeah. kick them up the butt and tell them to get on with yes. it, you know. Um, and so we also have um, a prophetic center as well that was birthed um, around the same time, which is with the prophetic, prophetic consultations um, and things like that and prophetic training that was sort of, but that's not what we're talking about today. But the model is the same. Create the space. People will come and make sure you're really open handed with activating the body and giving them an opportunity to give it a go. So good. So if I'm hearing you right, you started off with in-person appointments and then when the whole COVID 
pandemic happened, you were, your ministers went online and you yep. started attracting people from other nations, including the US. And yep. then what happens? Do they book their appointment online and give yep. a little bit of a history or a summary of what's going on? Or is it just like, we'll wait and see? No, no, you're, you're, you're actually discerning correctly. We definitely have um, an onboarding to an appointment. So depending on which modality, so with Sozo, it's a very short co uh, questionnaire and an agreement. Um, and with Elijah House, there's a, there's, we're actually trying to standardise that at the, at the moment. Uh, it's that you download a PDF or you do an online, um, very short questionnaire that gives the ministers a little bit of a grin on who you are. Uh, you book everything online. There's We have an online booking system called Bookly that's embedded into the, our website. And uh, people can just um, um, choose a time zone that works for them. Um, sometimes with our, we're actually creating a bespoke um, modality uh, birthed out of our, a couple of our key transformation team um, at the moment here in Auckland called Freedom Appointments and it is the best of all the different modalities mm. packaged into a new format and uh, that is proving to be uh, very successful mm. with the, um, the testimonies that are coming back but we that but that actually that question is a little bit more in depth um, and I just wanted to say you know I think the body of Christ is revisiting the importance of deliverance. Yeah, yeah. I was going to just say that to you. Is deliverance one of those things that God is up to? Because Absolutely. we're seeing that here in our church, that people are getting through and set free quite quickly in deliverance sessions. Yeah. Very, very key. And we cannot be afraid of it. Um, and I keep telling our team, even our ministry team on the front row, on the front, you know, at the altar, um, if it's on the surface, you go after it. I I think that we went through a season where we were a little bit like, oh, you know, I don't know whether we should be doing deliverance mm. because, you know, mm -hmm. there's so many visitors that come and who are they accountable to and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, that is actually a stronghold, I believe. Mm. Um, and so we, we've really upped the importance of deliverance Jesus did it all the time mm -hmm. the disciples did it we do it yeah Jesus yeah. didn't ask who the person's pastor was he just delivered them yeah, yeah. and so I think as a, as a ministry of Jesus um coming more and more to the fore yes I think it, and deliver and we're seeing it we're seeing it yes happen, which is just really great that loot for a team mandate the spirit of yeah. the Lord is upon me and I think you know as the Lord brings us people he he really is given us an invitation to set them free. And if they find yeah. themselves in your transformation center, wherever they're from, then there's the opportunity. And, you know, this is the season of harvest where, you know, activating and releasing leaders to really fly in their ministry gift. I think heaven is pleased with that and he backs us up. Yeah. And um, it's so exciting to, to see that, during the pandemic, you have been able to pivot and follow the voice of the Lord and that that the blueprint that he showed you all those years ago has actually got some different errors to it that you probably weren't ready to hear prior to the pandemic. No. Well, the, 
the breadth of it is quite mind-blowing. I mean, our team, um, I mean, they're ministering globally. That, we didn't ever saw that happening. But the other thing that we never saw happening was them people ministering to people that aren't yet believers. And, oh, and tell me about Jesus that. Break. So there's been um, Hindu um, people and Muslim people that have actually met Jesus in the ministry of their of their healing session. That wow. they came in with a presenting problem. Wow. The team's begun ministering to them, and and Jesus has revealed Himself to them in the session. Wow. And they've gotten saved. So it's you know people coming out the other side yeah. completely transformed. <laughs> you wow. know, it's uh, spiritually and emotionally. Spiritually and emotionally, mm. it's. I didn't see. I never saw healing of the heart as an evangelistic tool before. Wow. But but the Holy Spirit uses it. Absolutely. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. And I I'm I'm just thinking. You know. New Zealand has been one of the most locked down nations in the last 19, 20 months. And here you are, there's, there's no borders when it comes to ministering in the power of the Holy Spirit online to people that don't even know Jesus at times. Um, I, I just think this is an amazing opportunity. Um, just part of that, that season where the Holy Spirit is reinventing our wineskins and we're emerging like these, you know, we're coming out of the pupa after being a caterpillar and we're like, what on earth is happening? And we're emerging as butterflies that are flying off and, and doing different things. That's kind of how I imagine it. But the fact that the Holy Spirit is breathing on this is such an endorsement that I would really like to kind of propose to some of our listeners and some of our leaders, either engage in your center if you are looking for some transformation and you've, you don't know where to start or you've been to somebody but you've not necessarily seen the freedom that you've, you've desired. Or maybe you're a leader and have a heart to do this. What would you say about those two categories of people? Look, what we've really learned through the years of the different modalities it's you and I've learned, you know, Theophostic, mm -hmm. RTF, mm -hmm. um, um, you know, Elijah List and all that, Elijah, sorry, Elijah House, and is that, here's the bottom line, Kate, what we've seen, not everybody jives with all of those modalities. Mm. So if you've tried Sozo and it, what didn't work for you as yeah. a transformation um, model, try something else. Don't write That's off good. the transformation ministry because it wasn't a great experience for yes. you. If you are a left-brained, structured person, you're going to love restoring the foundations. If you're more of a more of a right-brain, prophetic, um, you know, sensory person, you're mm. going to love Sozo. Mm. Right. So the, there's there are don't I would say try another modality, mm. try a different minister, mm. type of ministry because it is um, very evident to us that different things um, resonate with different individuals. Yeah. And I'd really like to talk to leaders that want to start transformation centers in their own churches. Because it actually isn't hard. It's you need to have a value on transformation, 
a commitment to put some resource behind it and uh and then and then start talking uh and that's really all we did mm. at the end of the day mm. um we had it was something that god did at us we would it was flowing through us we had a value on it we started talking about it and we committed to put resource behind it and and so that will actually generate a place of healing for the people in those churches and the communities around them mm. and that would mm. be amazing to see that blossom and because god's breathing on it yeah i think now is the time to actually yeah. see all of our people go through that mm-hmm. and as leaders you know, you want your people to be the fullest and the best that they can be. You know, all that God's called them to be. You know, a pastor's desire is to see people fly and and fulfill. Well, they should be. Well, well. <laughs> and so, yes. you know, there's no you, greater way. If not, you go to the transformation center if you don't <laughs> yeah. think that about your people. No, yeah. that that is so key. Um, now, I don't want to overwhelm you, overwhelm your team. But could mm. you tell us how we can find out more about this? Can you tell us your website address where we can find mm. the details of your transformation set center? Yeah. Because I I think there's going to be one or two people that might sign up after hearing this um, podcast today. Yeah, thanks, Kate. Website is ctfauckland.com forward slash transform. Um, and or just go to our website and you'll see a tab that's designated to ministries um, and it's under there and uh, or you can just email transform at ctfauckland.com and uh, that will those are two doorways that you can um, access the transformation app but have a look it's probably a good idea to actually go onto the website and have a look at the different ministries available and then click on each one mm-hmm. and read about mm-hmm. each one and things like that yeah but all of the application process and all the information is right there on our website so ctfauckland.com wow well thank you so go. much for sharing today about this model of transformation and you are so right that you know until we surrender and give our time and energy to going through our own transformation journey to fulfill our destiny, we actually don't value that for others if we don't experience it ourselves. And I just love the fact that you two are a living, breathing example of that in your own life. And, you know, Duncan and I have known you for 21 years and you're on our global lead team of Catch the Fire World. And um, we just love your heart just to pursue more healing unto the fulfillment of God's calling over your lives. And, you know, may may Auckland and New Zealand and the nations of the world be impacted by you giving your yes to this vision. So, thank you. Oh, well, we thank love you, you both and, and thank you. you. And, you know, if any of our leaders or listeners are interested to know more and you, you want to reach out to Stu and Lindley just to, to find out how you know, you could birth a transformation center. Maybe it could be something that you do as a citywide initiative. It doesn't necessarily have to be one local church. It could be several churches and ministries Mm. coming together. But, you know, we're all a part of this end time harvest and we all play a role in bringing 
um, the lost sons and daughters to to daddy's home and to his heart. And so we pray that all of you would just be encouraged and blessed and just know that each of you have a place. And um, thanks so much, Stu and Lindley. Thanks, Kate. It's been a pleasure. It's been great.